Welcome back, everyone, to episode seven of the Unknown TO podcast. It's your boy, Matt. I'm here with Corey and Mandela, and we're just going to check in quickly with how the weekend has been. So, Corey, how was your uh, how was your weekend that just passed? Uh, good. I did nothing, as per usual, in this quarantine. Uh, I got to watch some yeah. hockey. Uh, Leafs had some some big wins uh, in Edmonton, and uh, the PWHA, uh, PWHPA, I still never get that right. They had a big it's weekend. It's a twister, I know. They had a big weekend wow. in uh, in New York. Big weekend, Manny. What about you? Okay. okay. Yeah, I know my weekend was interesting. Like you watched the Leafs win um, without Austin Matthews. Um, I was pretty sad, but at least we got the W. So happy about that. Got to watch some PWHPA action as well. And actually, there's some interesting news coming out of Barcelona, FC Barcelona. There's a uh, called Barcagate. We're gonna talk to you guys more about that later in the show. But it's getting kind of interesting over there. Lots of some law enforcement involved there. But uh, before we do that, um, we're going to head into the, our interview this week. We have a very special guest. We have Landon Cato of the Niagara Ice Dogs. Oh, round of applause, round of applause. Hey, guys, what's going on? All right. How's it going? What's up, buddy? Good, man. Thanks for good, coming yeah, on the show. How you been? Me. Yeah, I've been good. Uh, trying to keep busy as much as I can. It's been pretty difficult, but we're getting there. <clears throat> yeah, I can totally understand that. Yeah. We're all in that yeah. boat, right? Uh, so uh, to kick it off here, um, let's get a little bit into your hockey career. Tell us about like your minor hockey career before your junior level and uh, teams you played for yeah, and how well, that went on. Mine wasn't really traditional to most players my age. Uh, I started, like, I, I was kind of a slow riser. I started played house league for about four years and then I went up to select for a year um played for the ice raiders I played in the whole Scarborough organization from house league to um to select yeah and then I went to the arrows Toronto arrows in the GTHL um for three years and then after that after my three years in a I moved to Ted Reef Thunder uh double a Um, and that was for my first year of hitting. We were, that team was. So what age was that? What year would that be? I went and, uh, that would have been minor Bantam or actually no peewee, peewee. Yeah. Peewee. Yeah. Okay. So that's about 12 years. And then that team, we actually won the silver stick two years in a row. Back to back years. We were number one team in the province. The whole year, both years, and like we, the I think my second year on that team, we lost one game all season, and then in the playoffs, like we didn't lose a game until the final, like until city finals or something like that. Yeah, yeah, we had a pretty stacked team that year. Any um, any guys on that team who went on to play? Yeah, actually, funny about that, you wouldn't think that a double A team would have much guys, but I think we had. Well, we had a kid named Patrick Saney. He's playing for Whippy right now, Whippy Fury in the OJ. He's drafted by Flint, oh, yeah? actually. Um, and, yeah, he was, he was like, our main guy. I think he got, like, 150 points or something. 
He was a centerman. Yeah, he killed oh, wow. it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's playing in the OJ right now. Uh, we had a couple guys that played uh, AAA after that, but I think me and him were the only ones to move to junior from that team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty cool. I mean, if you look at – if you look at the NHL right now, you got a modern day example looking at yeah, Anthony Sorelli, exactly. right? He played, he played single A growing up, double A Humberview Huskies, and he won yeah, his Stanley guy, Cup last year. That guy's crazy. So, um, so after you moved on from the Arrows um, for your minor yeah. midget season, um, where did you, you end up playing? And how? Tell us about that season, like, because that was your draft year. Uh, it's big year, and uh, you made that jump, right, for after not playing AAA basically your entire minor hockey career. So what was that kind of adjustment like? And yeah, so, well, I played two years of AAA. So I played my first year Bantam with the North York Rangers. And I remember going into that, okay. I was like, my confidence was kind of shot a bit because I was like a double-A player. I was like, like, I was kind of questioning if I belong there. You know, like every kid does, I guess. But, um, yeah, so like my first game, I remember – me and my dad were driving to the rink and my mom and we were talking and I was just like, like, this is crazy. Like I'm here now. Like it's one of those things like, cause I never was like the best ever. Like I'm, when I was younger, I was never like, like some highly skilled, all this, whatever. I, I was never really ranked high. Um, so it was crazy actually. Uh-huh. Like I, I just put in a lot of work and like, it was like, this was like all kind of like a reward of it. And I was just, remember telling my mom, I was like, it's crazy that I'm here now. Like, and like, the whole game, I just couldn't believe it. I played really good that game, actually. It was crazy. And I think that was, like, my first year. I just, uh, like, I, I kind of didn't really think about anyone's names. I just went out there and just did my thing because I was the underdog. So, I really didn't have anything to lose. And I think that helped me the most, actually. Mm-hmm. So, I think from there on, I think I learned so much that first season at AAA. Um, I was fortunate enough to play for the Toronto Nationals. We had a pretty sick team in minor midget. Uh I think we were third in Canada or something. I think the highest we were like second in Canada once. Um, but yeah, we were behind that sick Don Mills team. But that season was crazy. I remember. What's that? Shane yeah, that yeah, Shane Wright, yeah. Brandon Clark, Arms, be all those guys. Yeah. Well, those guys didn't lose. A you know what's crazy about that? Like we were, and and I hate watching this video. We were beating them by a goal with point three seconds left. No. And Brant Clark walks the line. He beats one of the forwards. I leave my man. Backdoor pass right to my guy in the net. That hurts. Ties the game. Uh, That would have been their only loss all season. Yeah. That hurts. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah, that was bad. But the funny thing is, my on my North York team, we were like mid pack all year. We we met them in playoffs because they were the number one seed team. We met them in the second round. And we took them to game seven. We beat them a game, and we tied them twice. And they're, yeah, so oh, wow. we were hyped about that. That was crazy. That was big for us. Yeah. Yeah, that team must have been together for a while, though, like all the way out probably from like Yeah, most of those like guys were together for a while. Most of those guys, that's been a team for a while. They made a couple changes <clears throat> in minor midget. But um, other yeah. than that, yeah, most of those guys were there the whole time. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, You want to talk about the yeah. draft? Like, what yeah. that was like? I know, like, um, going into, like you said, going into your your first year AAA, like, you didn't really have expectations. So, like, you were the underdog. And then now minor midget comes along. There's a little bit more attention on you, so to right. speak. 
Um, so going through the draft. Uh, yeah. So like? um, at the beginning of my minor midget year, like when I made this team, like we had big names and stuff. So, and I was playing a lot. So like my confidence was going up and I just started like hearing buzz around my name a little bit, just about like kind of how I improved over the uh, summer and everything. And then, uh, about halfway through the season, I started picking it up, and I noticed I was scoring a lot more. And I was like, this is, like, it wasn't usual. Like, I didn't really, like, I never really scored that much. Um, yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Fun, I was Yeah, so I was loving it. And uh, so, yeah, I just, I was talking to a lot of teams. I was uh, doing a lot of different things with terms of that. I had uh, kept my NCAA option open, um, and I was thankful enough to receive a scholarship uh, from the University of, Massachusetts Amherst um and yeah okay. so my parents have always kind of been big on school so right when we got that like we went down for a visit um and we loved it like they just blew us out of the water like it was the, the facility everything was just crazy and uh it, it helped they were like the number one team in the na- in the country that year so and they had Kale McCarr who's on Colorado right now um so, yeah, so we ended up committing after that weekend. Um, and so I was committed for the whole season up until about – actually, after I got drafted, yeah. So we were uh, kind of just wa- looking over my options and trying to see what was best for me. Um, in my whole career, I think, like, we've kind of taken the easy route. and uh, my Or not the easy route, so to say, more the steady route, the slower route. So uh, my parents yeah. thought maybe it's time for me to make my own decision. And I thought maybe it's best for me to like bet on myself here, like throw it all in, see what I can do. So uh, I decided to um, decommit from UMass and I uh, was drafted um, in the third round by the Niagara Ice Dogs. And uh-huh. yeah, so it, it worked out. Niagara looked like a great fit for me. Like uh, I was blown away when I went to visit after the draft and everything like, they just, I felt at home there. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was probably one of the best days of my life, my draft day. I remember in the morning, my dad, like I woke up at 5.30, I think. And my dad was up too. My dad was downstairs watching hockey and I walked down and he took me out for a drive trying to like get me not to think about it too much. Um, yeah, we went in, uh, I think we went in, I was, we were on the phone with my agent. We were all just talking um and we went back most of my family was over and we watched the draft and it was crazy uh we were just wait like I I really didn't know exactly where I was gonna go I kind of had some thought of it and I was committed at the time so I didn't really expect much but when I went third round I was more than ecstatic and when they called me I like I was mine like it's every kid's dream if you play in the GTHL or in Ontario to be drafted to the Ontario Hockey League and and yeah it was it was a surreal moment for sure uh, that's awesome, yeah. man. That's uh, God. That big decision worked. Yeah, out for yeah, you. for sure. Um, all right, I got another. I got another thing. You spoke about school. You spoke about shout out to Ted Reeve. I played there as well. Uh, yeah. I wasn't good yeah. enough to play single A, double A, or anything like that. I, I played select. <laughs> I know where I belong. Um, <laughs> shout out to Ted Reeve. And I also doing my research. I got one one question that's been on my mind. Doing my research on you, as any good interviewer must do. Um, yeah. I came across an article with your name in it and it was about Neil McNeil high school winning OFSA. <laughs> and I got to know, are you, are you my brother? Did you go to Neil? Are you? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, went to Neil for That's two years. Cool. My grade nine year, my grade ten year. That's yeah, cool. probably my two favorite years of school for sure. Yeah, there's a there's a brotherhood there. Like, I'm, I'm happy you're, yeah. you're part oh, of it. Oh my Glad God, to have you yeah. in it. You won that officer <laughs> yeah, championship. Sure. Actually, you want to speak on that? How was officer? Yeah, yeah. Well, so I was on the junior team that year. I was the captain of the junior team, and the year, uh, the week before that, we had just won the city championships in uh, junior. We went undefeated. And we won the junior championships. And at the time, I was billeting one of my buddies. I played with him on North York, Kobe Tallman. He's playing junior in Ottawa right now. He's from Ottawa. He came down. He was on my Nats team. So I was, he was living with me that year. And uh, me and him both went to Neil in grade 10. So we went up to Asa and Barry with the senior team. There's, I think, four or five of us from the junior team. Oh, damn. Um, I, wasn't able, I wasn't able to play the whole thing. I played three or four games um i had to leave early for the u.s development camp um but yeah when when i was there it was it was crazy it was so much fun the games were packed like everyone was going crazy and then i get a call uh i was up in uh, michigan i get a call from one of my buddies on the team and he shows me the cup and all the boys are just (laughs) cheering and i went nuts i have a i have a big ring we got a big officer oh, nice. ring, so yeah, that that was crazy. Yeah, that's pretty. That's cool. awesome. Well, yeah. thank you for winning that for Neil. I'll say that on behalf of Neil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but speaking about the U.S. Development Camp, what was what was that like? Because yeah, uh, so I, I have dual citizenship. So I was born in Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. Um, my parents, my dad had an office out there actually. So my mom and him moved down there. My brother, my older brother. He was born in uh, Colorado. My dad had an office there at the time. Um, and then we moved back when I was like eight months old or something like that. Moved back to Toronto. And I grew up here, so I got I was lucky enough to get dual citizenship. And uh, yeah, so we just kind of got in t- contact with USA Hockey through them watching me and stuff. And I, I went through a bunch of stages with them. Uh, like that program's no joke, so uh they they make sure their players are what they want we i think i went through four stages five stages before i even got to the top 40 camp wow uh so yeah like i I started in syracuse i did two camps out there it was a regional and then it was state camp And, and every camp you go to like the next one gets harder and harder so i did um two camps in syracuse then we went to buffalo for the national camp um that was that was a crazy crazy camp it was we stayed at a university at buffalo in the dorms and Mm -hmm. everything i think there was like 112 kids there or something from the states like top or top 100 or something like that and uh we were all on a team and we were battling it out our team actually like our team wasn't even the best on paper there were some teams that were loaded and we ended up going undefeated in that tournament and we won it all so that was kind of a yeah that was a sick tournament (laughs) Um, but yeah, from there, so from there, they pick you to go to this, uh, the U40 camp and that's like their development camp. So that's where they picked the national team, the U S NTP team. So I was lucky enough to make it to that. Um, so like I was saying, I was at awesome. My parents came and picked me up from Barry. We drove, uh, down to Michigan. We went to the, we played at the USA rink actually. Um, I remember getting there, checking in. I had knew I had known a couple guys from like the national camp and stuff. I was mm-hmm. pretty close with, 
But like, I remember I was going in there and I saw those American guys, like they were all talking, like they were, everyone there knows each other. Cause like, if you're from Arizona, you, you still can play in Michigan, like guys travel and all this stuff. Like they all know each other. So there was uh two other Canadians, I think. Uh, it was me, Chase Stillman and Roman Schmidt, who's on the national team right now. So I remember I was talking to them for a little bit. The first game uh, we did, like, it was, like, just the 40 kids, and you get different teams each game. <clears throat> and, like, different guys would play with different guys. There were some big names at that camp, actually. Luke Hughes was there with me. Uh, Ryan St. Louis' son oh, was wow. there. Or uh, Marty St. Louis' son, sorry. Um, wow. Yeah, so there were some big names. A lot of NHL players' sons were there. It was a really, really high-skilled camp. We got to watch, actually, we got to watch that 01 NTDP team with Jack Hughes oh, wow. and all those guys. So, yeah, they, they dominated. This. That's yeah. sick. Wow. That's crazy. How, how good is he in person? Because oh, I, like, I feel like the team doesn't do him justice. No, it, it like, it got to the point where the guys on the other team were, like, getting angry. at Like, they knew they couldn't do anything about it. Because I, I think at one point it was, like, it was, like, 10 nothing, And, like, Jack Hughes, like, put it behind his back. And Caulfield, like, one-timed it, but didn't even look at the net or something. And one guy, like, was just skating after Caulfield. And, like, he couldn't do anything about it because, like, everyone was cheering. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's that, crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. Can you imagine that lining up and looking down the ice and you see Jack Hughes and Cole Caulfield? And that's the coming. thing. They were so young, and they were playing against guys that were so much older than them. And it's like, like, Jack Hughes would go down, put it through, like, an OA skate, and then, like, turn around and do it again and then like he couldn't do anything <laughs> about it so my god that's that's yeah. crazy that's an awesome experience yeah that team <laughs> yeah yeah that was really cool we got uh we got to go in their dressing room see everything that they did they took us like through like uh body fat percentage and stuff like in their dressing room with their trainers and stuff so wow. it's pretty cool yeah so how far did you make it in that um, selection camp? That's yeah, crazy. so um, I didn't end up making the team, uh, but I made it to the – so it was a final cut, basically, for that team, and they were signing rosters, and I, I didn't end up making the cut of that team. Um, Roman Schmidt was the Canadian who ended up making that team. And uh, so from there, I, I went back and – that's when I kind of started looking towards like uh, you, uh, Canadian hockey, just seeing what it was about, trying to open my options more so. Um, maybe yeah. thinking, okay, like maybe not shut down these doors. So, yeah, that's how that went. Awesome. Can you speak on yeah, exactly, uh, yeah. the U17 Gold Camp? Yeah, the Gold Cup. Yeah. So that was, that was a fun experience. Though. So it, they picked like, we had two GTHL teams. It was all the uh, leagues, minor hockey leagues in Ontario. Um, we went to Kitchener, and we were all put on a team. So I was with all GTHL players. There was a GTHL blue and a GTHL red. I was on the blue team, um, and we had a we had like I was with Ethan Del Mastro, um, Francesco Pinelli, uh, a lot of guys up there, Brandon Othman. Um, my roommate was actually Ethan Del Mastro. He plays for Mississauga. And uh, so, yeah, we played against – we practiced once a day and played a game once a day. And uh, basically, Team Canada kind of just watches throughout the whole tournament. And uh, they just see, like, get feedback from the coaches later on in the tournament and just see how things are going. 
uh, our team ended up winning in uh, against the red team, GTHL Red. We both made it to the finals. That game was crazy. I remember because we all played against each other, and some of my teammates were actually on that team. So, we like, everyone was talking trash before the game. Like, they all thought they were going to beat us. Like, we all thought we were going to beat them. And it was a close game. And we got, like, they were up on us. And then we came back, and we got a couple lucky goals. I remember Brant Clark. He, to tie it up, he got a goal. Like, it was a bit questionable. I think someone got pushed over the line with the puck or something. But, I mean, we're not going to harp on it. And uh, so, <laughs> so yeah. And then there's, like, I think, like, a couple seconds left. And uh, Zito, he plays for Windsor. He went bar down and won the game. And we went crazy. It was the craziest time. Everyone was jumping up. It was, it was <clears> insane. Awesome. That's unreal. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun experience. So, who were some of the uh, the other the guys like within the 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 cup, like on the other team? Some of the notable guys. I know you said uh, you were on the team. Yeah. Uh. So, like Mason McTavish was there. Connor Lockhart. Um. Uh, Denny Gore. Uh, Landon McCallum. Some of the guys in the first round. Uh. Yeah, I think like every every player who went. In the first, second, or third round, we're in that tournament. I'm pretty sure. Um, so yeah, it was a it was a big tournament. Shane, uh, no, Shane wasn't there. Uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Shane Wright was there. Clark was there. All of them. Oh, wow. Yeah. All the all the way up. It seems like I mean, it makes sense. Once you get to a certain level, you keep you meet all these guys all all over the place. Whether it's at um, these put together tournaments or um, if you make like a selection camp. Just because you guys are all on that same level. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think this summer especially, I think everything, like, uh, when things were open and we were doing those little tournaments, I think I met more people than ever. I think this whole, like, that whole, once you kind of are in the OHL, there's, like, that mutual respect. And you just, Mm -hmm. like, everyone's kind of, like, you can just go talk to everyone. Like, it's not, like, it's not as, as, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not That's a lot good. of, of That's beef good. within the league like that. All right. Speaking of that, though, um, we'll take it back or we'll move ahead a little bit to your first season. So, like, the transition yeah. into the NHL on and off the ice, especially moving away from home. I'm not sure if that was your first time. Yeah. Uh, so, I was lucky, actually. My mom and dad moved down to Niagara because my brother was playing – my brother was playing in Hamilton at the time, basketball prep school. Okay. Um, and so he was already out there. My dad had an office in Hamilton. And so my mom and dad got a house out in Niagara. So I was lucky enough to have them my first year, um, which helped like a crazy amount. I can't thank them enough for that. Um, yeah, just being able to have that support, especially going through your first year, because that, that first year, I can tell anyone, is, is a mental battle for sure you go from being like the top player on your minor team and then going into a dressing room with like three NHL drafted guys, NHL signed guys. Like it's, it's humbling for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I, to say it was easy. Um, probably not. I would say it was probably harder than I had hard, more hard times than I did easy times, but I think I grew way more from this season than anything. Um, just a lesson, just even being around all those guys who have been through things like this, helping you out, like, it's crazy. Like, the support and the friendships that you get 
it's like no other in that league. Like for all the all the talk it gets, I mean, it, it makes you change into a man for sure, and it teaches you the things you need to know in life. And I can vouch for that for sure. Wow, well said. That's yeah. great to hear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Well said. Um, my question would be looking at your stats following Corey's uh, path of good journalism. Uh, you know, 50 games played, you're a big dude, you know, you get into the, the greasy area. It says, have you ever had anybody challenge you to a fight? And if so, what was what was your first fight like and what's going through your head during that that kind of process? Yeah, so like I'm not I'm not really a cocky guy, but like around my friends and teammates, I like to joke around. So I remember Elijah Roberts. For his for his size, that guy might be one of the best fighters I've ever seen in my life. And really? the things he would do wow. to guys, it just like I didn't even like preseason. He fought a guy that was like six six and just took him down and like <laughs> just did what he wanted. Like I was like, what? Like, yeah. So me and me and yeah, yeah. He's but he's built, man. That guy, he just like he throws Damn. hands. <laughs> but yeah, so I remember, wow. um, I didn't have a fight really until like midway through the season and because of my like I was a big guy and I hit a lot like uh all my teammates used to say like oh when's your first one when's your first one and I was joking with Elijah Roberts I used to say it all the time I was like I'm telling you the first fight I get and I'm gonna one punch a guy I'm gonna one punch him and they (laughs) so then they all started like razzing me on it they're like oh okay okay so I was lucky we were playing Sudbury we were getting killed that game um and I had stopped this guy he tried making a move around me and I kind of gripped him up like we were kind of close and I just remember him like he was like grab me he's like he's like you want it you want it I was like oh okay like I didn't really know what was going on it was my first fight I was like oh boy yeah and then so he drops his gloves and I was I was the second one to drop it so I just drop I grab him and I just wait I didn't know what to do so I was just waiting waiting he threw a punch it didn't really like it didn't hit me I, it missed me fully like I had my arm out I remember I just I didn't even look at him and I threw a punch and he went down and it was in front of my bench. It was in front of my oh, bench and Elijah boy. Roberts was the first one at the bench. And I didn't even like I was not worried about anything else. I punched him. I look up and I looked at He got up and I guess he didn't think like the fight was over and he soccer punched me right in the jaw. I didn't even I didn't feel anything. Like I blacked right out. And I remember I was smiling at Elijah Roberts. Yeah, and I just with ate all a the punch. adrenaline. And the whole way to the to the box, I just looked at my bench, and they were going crazy. It was probably that was crazy. That was that's awesome. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Bro, that's awesome. probably that's probably how everyone dreams of yeah, their first yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Like, I had no exactly. one at all. I remember after because we do a, a no. signing up in uh, after the game, we go up in the bowl, and uh, the fans come and we can we sign autographs for them. And I was walking up with my teammate, and like. I just felt like, like I, after a fight up, my adrenaline was going crazy. It was like the best feeling of my life. I was just walking. Everyone was coming up to me talking like, oh boy. Like I still didn't even realize what actually happened. But I just <laughs> had the biggest smile on my face walking up the stairs. Yeah. Feeling yeah. like the man, man. I can, I, I can imagine that moment feeling like uh, when Spider-Man gets that weird yeah. adrenaline in his body uh, turns into that. Should, are you making a reference to Spider-Man 3? No, no, we don't talk about that movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Corey. Oh, he's a big Spider-Man guy. That was no. <laughs> now I see it in my head. Why'd you put it in my head, Matt? Ah, <laughs> oh. it's a good. It, it does. It I will give you that. But moment, now I don't yeah. want to rewatch that movie. Oh. That's all. 
No one told you to. <laughs> all right. All sorry, right. sorry, sorry. Spider- <laughs> um, so in terms of like staying ready and stuff for the delayed season, like I know you've probably been in the gym and stuff, but what's been like the toughest battle? Like, has it been the mental battle, the nutritional yeah, battle? Um, I think just or, unknown, yeah. like. Like, I don't, like, not having a sense of what's going on, like, not having a sense of what you're training for, like, having a having a set date of when you need to, like, be in top, top uh, shape. Because, like, at the end of our day, at the end of the day, the trainers that we have, they're probably all scheduling our programs due to our season, right? Trying to have us in peak, keep peak conditioning um, when the season starts. So that's kind of what where we were at when we heard, like, we're getting pushed back. So we took a couple weeks off and right now we've just been kind of watching it, playing it day by day. Like we've still been getting our work in every day, but we've just been like uh, modifying the workouts to, to when the season starting just so that we don't injure ourselves training for something. Right. So, so yeah, I think that yeah. probably is the biggest battle, just not knowing, but I think, I think in hockey, like this challenges like this come up all the time. I think like, I think, any hockey player is like going to be able to get through this. Like we're all, we all are able to work out and it's 2020. If you don't have a gym to go to, you can look up a video on YouTube. And I don't think there's any excuses that, that COVID prevented anyone from staying in shape. Um, I think everyone has the tools to, to do what they want. Maybe not the ice time and everything, but there's different ways, different things you can work on. I think uh, with this quarantine, I actually, it's helped me a lot. Like I've started to, Kinda, I took a little break of like training hockey so much, and I tried to. Uh, I boxed for a little bit, and I, I, yeah, I started loving it. Oh, yeah. So I, I do that regularly now, and uh, I think that's like a big thing, just changing up um, how you're training, because like athleticism is such a big thing, and I think keeping that like for sure, n- not just training to one sport, I think helps mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, for your footwork and eye coordination. Yeah, also just getting to sweat. Yeah, it's a crazy workout. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yo, your cardio must be. Yeah, like like, I. Well, that's Um, the thing. Like those two weeks, we didn't really have weights to train, so we just been like grinding cardio. So, but there's never like that that feeling you get when you first go on the ice. Like no matter who you're, like who you are, how long you train off the ice for. When you get that cold air, like there's nothing yeah. you you can't really prepare for that. Like that cold air and the cardio on mm-hmm. the ice is different, for sure. Yeah. Um. All right, we're gonna move on from that. But I will hold on. Actually, I just thought of something. You mentioned boxing. I just gotta shout out Mandela real quick because Coach Mandela, that he does once a week with the kids at MLC Launchpad, he also brought up boxing and ran a YouTube video of boxing. And man, oh, I was wow. sweating. I was done. I was like, yeah. <gasps> what? Yeah. <I'm> done. <laughs> yeah, it's a good workout. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's for sure. No. Um, but moving on from that, who would you say are some of the players you look up to uh, the most or model your game after? Uh, Mark Giordano probably is who I watch the most right now. Um, he's a big guy, hits hard. Uh, plays tough in his own end. And I think, like, I think before I made it to the OHI, I'd probably tell you someone like P.K. Subban or Drew Doughty, like a offensive guy. But I think when you go into the OHI, you figure out what your game is. And I think 
he might like his game is perfect. Him, Seth Jones too, um, big rangy defenseman mm-hmm. that like know how to play the ice, see the ice well. His, Seth Jones probably has the best first pass I've ever seen. That guy gets the puck out of the zone so quickly. Yeah, and it's it's crazy, and he's so big. Like doesn't let anyone push him around. Darnell Nurse too, he, he's insane. Young guys that are coming up in the game. Those are good picks. Yeah. You kind of have For that. Sure. You kind of have that frame, though. Right. Like, yeah. You're still yeah. That's going, what I'm. Right? Yeah. So the long and stick and everything like that. That's why I kind of watch it. That's why I see it myself a little bit. Hopefully, obviously not to the level of them, but just hope and pray they get bigger and taller. Yeah. Like, Maybe, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so this is going to be something that's not generic to the regular questions we've asked, but if you play video games, which are, you know, something most people do, uh, what are some of the consoles that you played or have, uh, and what are some of your favorite games? Uh, so right well? now I'm, I have the PS4. I just got back on it a lot during quarantine. Um, I got the new mm-hmm. UFC four. I've been playing that a lot. Um, okay. and I like, I've never supported Fortnite, never in my life, never, but I don't know what it was. <laughs> One day I hit it and my friends were on and we started playing and I got a couple kills. So I was like, all right, maybe we're going to try it again. Next day I go on and I think I played for like five hours straight. I was addicted. So it so, does that yeah, to you. I'm on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It pulls you in. It does. Don't worry. We've, anybody who says that they don't like it, I assure yeah. you, within two or three months after saying yeah. that, they will but, play the game. Bro. And they'll get hooked. And that's the thing. That's the thing. I never, I never <laughs> really played hole, like yeah. uh, any gun games or anything. Like the most I would do is like GTA. Like I just never really was good at those things. I play like sports yeah. mostly. Um. So, but I just got okay, okay. Warzone. I'm, I'm about to get on that. I know a lot of my buddies are on that. So, Manny will welcome you into that. Yeah, community. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I heard. Manny, yeah, Manny will welcome you in real. Man. Real. <laughs> so I put in green shit, night, like, like, like clockwork. <laughs> yeah. Clockwork. Oh. Uh, so you say you yeah. play sports games. Uh, wh- do you do you remember any sports games from when you were younger, like some of the NHLs, or maybe if you played any basketball yeah. or soccer um, uh, that you might have like like yeah. enjoyed playing the slap most? Slapshot, actually. I remember I had a Wii in my basement, Nine. and my yes, grandpa. I remember my grandpa that. was living with me, <laughs> and he was like, he's my biggest fan. Like that, he's at every one of my games. Like he used to have a big horn and a bell when I played minor hockey, and like. He was just – he's from Trinidad, so he just, like – he has that West Indian in, in him well, still. Just, yeah, just yeah. Yelling him, man. Just yelling yeah. Like, parents don't even know what he's saying when I have the no. puck, like, just screaming. <laughs> and so, like, I used to – when I was younger, he would do anything, like, anything. Like, I'd ask him to go in net. He'd put on my shin pads, and he oh, wouldn't wow. even know what he's doing. He'd just stand there. And I'd, like, shoot tennis balls. And, <laughs> yeah, so he, he was – yeah. I would go downstairs with him, and – uh I'd make him play me, and we'd always play NHL slap shot. And I, I used to beat him like obviously every time. But he used to get he loved it though. Every <laughs> single day, every day he'd come down with me. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Sure yeah, yeah I know. That's what I. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, after I'm after Kato goes to bed, he's just out again <laughs> beating the computer yeah. every time. Yeah, exactly. yeah, right. I might have to play him again. Man, I, I. I remember playing that, and it had, and it had like the uh, the Wii hockey yeah, remote the, that you could stick. use, and you use it to yeah. just shoot and score. Yeah, that yeah. thing was awesome. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, memories. Uh, um, yeah, memories. So, um, we're gonna shift to a little bit more of a serious topic. Um, 
So, like, with the NHL and, like, the OHL, the NHL specifically created the Hockey Diversity Alliance. Um, I know you're friends with some people within it, like uh, Akil Thomas and whatnot. I was wondering, as a black hockey player, is there any – uh, any have you experienced any type of like racism or discrimination in and around the rink or yeah just w- just with your teammates yeah. kind of thing um no i i was lucky i never got it directly really um maybe a couple comments on the ice uh that were a bit iffy but nothing really too bad i think i think uh now with like my generation a bit it's getting a bit more respect on that on the topic of that um but yeah, I think like I think that helps because of the guys who are who are doing it now, like uh, Akil Thomas, like guys like that, Zade Wisdom, all those guys like that are in junior right now that are just showing out, and they're just showing like that like we have something to show you guys like, and when you guys are ready to watch, like here we are, like Zade Wisdom, I think he has like the most goals right now in the AHL or something, and he he played He's in the OHL it. last year, like guy like we we there's something with us like we come with with flair and we can play like, and I think guys are realizing that. And, and I think everyone who's putting on for, for the black community or the just, just different races in hockey. I think it's like such a big movement. I think if we're able to get like hockey to be, have a lot more races within it, I think it's only better off for us. I think uh, diversity is a huge thing. And in 2020, I think it needs to be, I think now is when we need to make the change because is like I don't want my kids to be having the same talk that my dad had with me about this stuff, right? There has to be a cutoff at some point. So I think we're heading in the right direction of mm-hmm. for that in terms of everything with um, the BLM and all that movement, and everything that uh, all the guys ahead of us are doing. So yeah, no, for sure. Um, like just touching up with Manny's question, uh, if there is any advice that you can give to young black hockey players or even different diversities of hockey players that are playing, uh, what what could you give them as a, uh, some sort of uh, advice to make it beyond? Yeah, underdog? well, here's the thing. Like me, I, I've been an underdog like my whole life. And like, it's something like I've learned to love in a way, just coming from even, yeah, being black, but also just being in double A for so long and not playing triple A as long. So, like, I've been an underdog my whole life, and one thing I'd say is just everything you hear, everything going around, like, about who's this, who's that, like, it's just all talk, really. At the end of the day, who puts the work in and who really wants it the most is going to end up on top. And and I would say, like, people are going to talk your whole life. Like, there's nothing you can do about it. People are going to talk. People are going to have their opinion. But, I like, what I like to do is I like to – give people a reason not to talk. Like if they say like, Oh, Landon can't score. Like he's not a very good scorer. Or last year he didn't have a great, like this year I want to come and I want to show people that, okay, I've worked on this. Like I've taken the criticism. I've worked on this. Here I am. So I think in terms of everyone trying to make it, I think just, yeah, like don't worry about what everyone says. Like just put the time and put the work in. That's all it takes. No, I think that's a great answer. It's perfect. Um, moving on, uh, just a, a lighter question to kind of uh, smoothen the mood. If if there's any TV or cartoons that you like to watch now or kind of remember from back in the day, what are some, let's say, like your top uh, three uh, that you just absolutely so my love? my first is Fresh Prince, probably. I think I've watched 
Yeah, I think I've watched oh, the whole thing one. like four times. Um, cartoon, mm-hmm. I would say Family Guy. My dad and brother are hooked on that, and and I got oh, into yes. it. And yeah, it's it's addicting. It is so. Oh fun. my! Oh, my. I, you can just let that I thing go. I love Family Guy. Like, it, Yo, they don't miss. I, I, <laughs> so, no, yeah. yeah, they don't. I um, yeah. and then a new one I just watched, like a. Uh, it's called Blacklist. I know it's been out for a while. My mom used to watch it. Yo, Raymond yes. Reddington. Yeah, oh my, that's that's yeah. yeah. Blacklist yeah. is good. Yeah, that's a great show. My sister great watched show, that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've never come across someone who can make a call for literally anything. I know, anything I know that guy, and he has unlimited funds. Yeah, he like, and the way he talks, yeah, how calm he is in those moments, like it's it's crazy. He basically hacked GTA and just, you know, yeah. has an unlimited amount of money to make a call to yeah. Lester for anything. Yeah. For anything. If you guys want a good show to watch afterwards, I suggest trying Impossible. Oh, I heard about it's that. I hear it's good. Yeah. A great show. I have, I've just about almost, like, I have like two or three episodes what? left. They're long Wait, episodes, but you'll get hooked. I promise. Yeah. It's a show. Okay. So basically, it's, uh, it's about, these three people whose lives get intertwined with together because of somebody and something going on. I don't want to ruin yeah, too much. I don't want to like ruin the show, Sounds but like uh, yeah, it's super like mind bender. Oh my god, dude! It's it gets you like each episode. You're thinking, well, what's this? What's going to happen? You think you got it, and boom! You take a yeah. left, you take a right, you're going down, you're going up. It's yeah. it's insane. I might have to watch it's that thing for sure. On that same note. Yeah, no, like, give it a try. Not knowing yeah. what's going to happen next, I recommend WandaVision if you're not currently watching it. Uh, yeah, I'm waiting to all oh, the episodes I'm telling you, it's, I'm good. Get... it's so good. Oh, yeah. Marvel's pulling one on us. And I, it's just like, yeah. yeah. I honestly, every week I go in going, what, what is this? What am I watching? Wait. Yeah. Yeah. What? Oh, that was going to be Wait till you watch Loki. Because that's got time travel. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You know, quarantine <laughs> yeah. be giving us time to <laughs> yeah, watch all Seriously. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, could finish yeah. up a whole show in a week. It usually takes three months. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um. Final question to wrap it up. Um. What is the your funniest moment, like hockey moment, like with the boys, with your team off the ice? Talking like hotel, tournament, dressing room, like. Um. Let me think. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think what I can say here. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> i like it yeah, no i, like I don't it. know i think uh a couple times on the bus i think i think the bus is where you get all the laughs but i know um a couple times on the bus like guys would be sleeping and we'll mess with them like i remember uh our one our goalie josh rosenswag he was sleeping and he was behind me and uh me and isaac enright just kept like making him move and like just just messing with him in his sleep and like everyone was taking videos and he was like he was a deep sleeper so he wasn't even wow. waking up and like it got to the point where like the whole bus was almost like watching it it was crazy it was a lot of fun but yeah i think that whole the whole bus wow. rides and everything the hotel i think all that stuff is like is probably like the best times you'll have with your boys and stuff that's awesome yeah uh, yo, makes sense. Makes sense. I mean, I remember from my minor <laughs> hockey days, it was those. Yeah, those are the those are the memories Maybe, you never forget. Oh, That's why I think people play hockey till they're old, because like you never miss going to the rink and seeing your friends and that dressing room chat and all that stuff. Never oh, gets so old. Better. See, seriously, oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. No. Manny, do you have any uh funny moments from off the ice from speaking of your yeah, minor uh, hockey days? You got any some PG yeah. bus stories or something like that you could tell mm-hmm. us? Some of the things we used to do in restaurants, the concoctions oh, we used to no. make the best. <laughs> oh no. All the you became a scientist. Yeah. I know exactly. Oh, it, it, yeah. Yeah. I, Concussions in what sense? You got to break. I, I only played house league, maybe a little bit of select. We didn't do no restaurants. Yeah. We, we almost got kicked so. out of a hotel because we were playing Nicky <laughs> Nicky Nine Doors. And that's oh my god. What we didn't know was half of the hotel were residents who were displaced oh by fire. Oh my god. We're 11 years old running around this <laughs> hotel wreaking havoc and security. Security had to, they were chasing us all around. It got to the point where they got our parents, sat us down, like, okay, if this keeps going on, the police are coming, you guys got to (laughs) go. Basically, you treated the hotel like it was a sweet life. Yeah. I feel like like everyone did that, though. Mini sticks in the hallways until, and and then the manager. I know about mini sticks. You go to the next floor. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah, you gotta That's go like three. I think one up. year, yeah. I think one no, year we were I playing know. uh manhunt. The manager came and like the whole team were in this hotel, and the manager was like, "You guys can't play here." Like, so we tried doing it on another floor. He came again, and we actually ran across the other hotel, <laughs> and we tried playing it there. <laughs> we played in the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Oh man, That's awesome. yeah. those That's are the things crazy. we used to do. That's, awesome. That's crazy. Yeah. To be a kid again yeah, and just great. have that kind of fun with no worries. Yeah. See, yeah. It, it, yeah. I missed that for sure. All right. Uh, all right, buddy. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, that was that was great. Uh, I personally. It. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Thank you guys for having me. I. I yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. No, it was great. Thank you for coming. Hopefully, on. we can have you back on in the future. Um, you know, once you get that NHL draft status. <laughs> yeah. Like, not- <laughs> yeah. For sure. I'll hold you guys to that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Take it easy, buddy. Um, stay safe. Be healthy. And, yeah, thanks for coming on, man. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. You too. Yeah. All the best. Thanks again to Cato for that interview. Um, that was awesome. If you guys want to follow him up on socials, he can be found at Cato.2 on Instagram. Give the Niagara Ice Dogs account a follow. Follow him as the season, hopefully it starts up or into the next season. So moving on, we're going to discuss the PWHPA, and I'm going to hand it off to All Corey. right. Uh, thank you, Mandela. Um, yeah, shout out to to Cato, my Neil McNeil brother. Um, I appreciate him coming on today. That was I honestly didn't know he was from Neil. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's a real small, small world. world. Who would have known? Uh, but yeah, no, PWHPA, yeah, yes. Professional Women's Hockey Players Association. Still a mouthful to say. And yeah, that's all I got to say there. Um, <laughs> that was lackluster. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, so this past no, weekend was probably one of the biggest weekends for women's sport or women's hockey, I should say, uh, in recent years. Uh, of course, this year we've had the NWHL, the National Women's Hockey League. They tried to have their season. Toronto Six was killing it in their first season, but sadly they didn't get to the playoffs because of COVID. Um, but the PW PWHPA is back, uh, with this, this past weekend, they came back with two games over the weekend. Um, they have five groups, I believe, uh, split up across North America. So I believe it's Calgary, Toronto, Montreal, New Hampshire, and Minnesota at the moment. And that's basically where all the players, 
are kind of living. Uh, yeah, Calgary, Minnesota, Montreal, New Hampshire, Toronto. I just double-checked. So that's basically they have all the players, whether you're Canadian or American, living in these hubs um, and practicing together and kind of becoming like a, a team. Well, they pick – so there's more than – because there's like uh, hundreds of players in the organization in, in the association, I should say. And for each team, they only pick like the required, like, what is it? 24 mm-hmm. per team, 20. And then like those scratches or whatever, they only pick like the 30 people yeah. that are on the team out of that group. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's, so they each have a team that's being represented, like, and they're all sponsored. They all have sponsorships. I think they just announced Bauer sponsoring the Montreal team, which is awesome. Adidas is making all the jerseys, which is cool to see. Um, and yeah, they had their first their first event. So they're doing the Dream Cap. They call it the Dream Gap Tour, 2021 Dream Gap Tour. Um, and they're doing it in different locations with um, affiliated uh, partners. So this week we saw like the Rangers. Uh, this past week we saw the Rangers be their partner. Next is Chicago. We also talked about how Toronto uh the maple leafs um they partnered with the pwhpa and they will be hosting an event in the future we don't know when yet um but yeah it's cool to see because the real news as i go through all that preamble to understand what's happening or what happened is they um (laughs) they had their first ever professional women's hockey game played at madison square garden this past sunday uh it was awesome i know mandela watched i know i watched it was on Sportsnet here in canada it was broadcasted nationally uh in the u.s as well on nbc sports Sportsnet, nbc Sportsnet. is that what it's called something like that <laughs> um i think so yeah they're separate there's yeah. nbc and then there's NBC That's the sports, sports division Sportsnet, um like but yeah it was new hampshire versus minnesota yeah. new hampshire won four three brianna yeah. decker uh, most of these players are American. I'm pretty sure actually all of them were American uh, because of the re- regional restrictions, I think. Um, Don't forget my... Hillary Knight was playing, but Brianna Decker, yeah. I bring up because she had two goals and two assists. She counted. She was on the score sheet for each goal that New Hampshire scored. Um, but I also have another stat from that night where it, they said it on the broadcast. Wow. 15 Olympians were present in this game. 26 national team members were also on the ice in this game. So basically there's national, like the younger players who haven't gone to the Olympics yet. They, that are on the national team, they were also there. So yeah, it was, it was pretty cool to see. So basically the whole U S national team was there um, oh. along with, <laughs> along with the, there was, <laughs> it basically was a U.S. national practice, yeah. but televised no. and with a score meaning. They were fighting. They were playing for a purpose. Like I was watching, and like, it's a little bit slower, but I feel like everything was almost a little bit more crisp, like mm-hmm. the passing and stuff. Uh, I feel like the women are a little bit more, um, like accurate, slow it down a little bit as opposed to the where, where the men like, with hitting it's like crash and bang and a lot more giveaways and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the women are playing more methodical. You know, they're looking to the open. Not to say that the men aren't, but, you know, like you said, Chris Plass is slowing down the play. Mm-hmm. They're looking for the right, you know, opportunity to get the puck to the net instead of just dumping it towards the net and crashing it and hoping for something to happen and using your force and brute strength yeah. to push people out the way. Yeah, no. 
Um, yeah, no, I, I like that about the time. women's game, though. I like the the tackness, like the skill. It's it's almost you need more skill. You need to be able to see the game more. You need to be able to find the open ice more because, like, because like yeah, there's no yeah. hitting, but it's like you just have to know how to like pick apart your opponent, and and you can't risk anything because then they can pick apart you. And it's it's a very interesting game. Uh, but yeah, it was good. It was a good game. Uh, very back and forth. Um, Kessel got on the board. That was cool to see. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Other people that were there. Actually, this was this was cool. So Billie Jean King, she was present. She did a speech at the beginning. Um, so Billie Jean King, for those that don't know, she was the Battle of the Sexes tennis player um, from back in the seventies, eighties. I don't know my tennis history too well. But she's been a figure in women's sports since then and has uh, advocated for women's sports. So seeing her there and giving her support behind this was cool. Uh, another cool thing about this broadcast, so it was, uh, I believe, all-female or almost all-female um, no, broadcast. It was all-female, Mandela? It was. was the commentator female, though? Yes, it was. I, don't th- I, think, I think that was a guy. And then the color commentator was female. Or I could be wrong. <laughs> I believe it was an all because it was the first all female broadcast. Was it okay? Um, if I recall, I know that's the part I, that I stood out to me about that broadcast crew though was uh, one individual named Blake Bolden, who uh, was the first black player in the National Women's Hockey League in the NWHL, uh, and is also the first female pro scout in the NHL. Uh, she's she's a pro scout with the LA Kings. Um, Ooh. yeah. And she was the color commentator yesterday. Yeah. Uh, so that was cool. Okay. That was cool to see her involvement. Um, otherwise, yeah, just a cool weekend. Cool. Fun to see, uh, women's hockey back. Uh, and next weekend, this upcoming weekend, March 6th and 7th, they will be in Chicago again, New Hampshire and Minnesota. Cause it's in the U S they will be playing games again. Um, and I believe it's on the 6th which is the Saturday they're at United center. So that'd be cool to see. I love the black. Hawk. I'll definitely okay. be watching. It, it should, I believe I was looking at yeah, the website. I believe it's, it's on uh, NBC again. So most likely it'll be on Sportsnet here. And then the Sunday game, if you're watching Canada, I believe it's on CBC sports.ca. I believe is what it said. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out for, for that. And then there'll be a Toronto event sometime in the future. We hasn't been released yet. Uh, and I'm going to guess there'll probably be a Montreal and Calgary one, given that those are also two hubs. The borders. No, because they have the hubs here in. Um, yeah. They have three hubs in Canada, Mandela. They have Calgary, Toronto, Montreal. So they can just do the Canadian teams play each other. Uh, That's why they, they have it that way. Um, but yeah. That's with the PWHPA. Well, thank you for telling us about the PWHPA. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, man, it's, it's a tongue twister. No, you got to say it really slow. I don't know. I, don't know. Definitely I think they got to change it. But um, <laughs> Just in terms of rolling off the tongue. <laughs> yeah. They got to do something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on to our next little tidbit here. Uh, Manny. Do you want to Parka. touch on Parka. Ma- Ma- Matt, do you not know how to read? 
No, it's Barca. Barca? Barca game. I said Barcelona. Barca. I said Barcelona. Okay, it's a Barcelona. Okay, you know the Barcelona. Oh, you know, oh my. you know the Barcelona. You gotta say it with the least. You know the Barcelona. The right way. Barcelona. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. So, si, si, senor. Essentially, si. sorry. Uh, Barcelona, the club, their executives have found themselves in hot water. Um. So their former president and some other executives were arrested for the. Uh, they're under oh, no, investigation. No, they were arrested. I should say. Um, no, they, yeah, so they were arrested and they they're now were under, under investigation. investigation. They been, Do you want uh, me to take this? <laughs> okay. All right, all right. I'm sorry for stepping on your toes, but yeah. So, Borta Borta Mew, which is the former, who is the former president of Barcelona, um, and three other officials were arrested by Catalan police recently. Um, this was after an investigate a judicial investigation into the Barca Gate scandal that came out last year. So, for those that don't know, um. Basically, what happened was Barcelona, the club, hired a com- uh, two companies, i3 Ventures and NS Group, uh, to improve its social media usage and demographics and, and its reputation online uh, in 2017. So the deal was worth 1 million euros a year. Um, and and things, you know, things seemed fine. It seemed like a normal business deal. Okay, they're going to run your socials and help everything look good, right? Uh, then reports emerged in February last year, in February 2020, uh, that I3 Venture and NS Group were using troll accounts to besmirch the reputation of people who were seen as critics or enemies of the, the then president, Bartomeu, and his hierarchy at Barcelona. This included such names as Pep Guardiola, uh, Carlos Puyo. Uh, Xavi, current players even, like Gerard Pique and Lionel Messi, and even possible presidential candidates who would replace Bartomeu, uh, like Agusti Benedito and Victor oh Font. Right? Those are big names. Like, like Messi is in this. They were trolling Messi, the superstar of the team. Now, I know he wanted to leave, but that's probably why, because he was getting <laughs> he was getting trolled by, the own, by his own team. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Probably fake. Yeah, probably figured out his own investigation. Said, "Man, um, I want out." This but then, Manny, stupid. do you want to speak to why they were, why this would then warrant an investigation? Yeah. So essentially, the issue here is not uh, the criminal issue. Here is not why it's not about the um, defamation of character on um, the on the on behalf of the players that would be a civil matter but the actual criminal issue is the misappropriation of club funds so basically they took the money and they used it for things they weren't supposed to have used it for and i wouldn't be surprised if some money ended up in their pockets their personal bank accounts as well damn so it's the type of thing it's the type of thing that you hear about but like you know like you never really see it and now it's like all so over the front pages. Do you think that they, like with the mismanagement of funds, do you think that they took some of that money, like some of the club's money, and then just gave it under the table to like I3 Ventures and like NS Group and just went, hey, do you want to start trolling? 100%, right? So there was the oh, there was the, the money that the club appropriated for what they, they thought it was going towards. And then there was the under the table money for what these guys really <laughs> had in mind, right? 
little, little bit of sleight of hand wow. on their behalf. God. Like, you know, that's lengths, crazy. The lengths people will go to. That's crazy. Like, <laughs> I know. I know. It's not that serious. It's it's honestly not. It's at the end of the day, it's just that, soccer. I don't think it's that it's serious. It's just football. This <laughs> is soccer. It's just the world sport. Like I get it. Like I get it. But you don't need to go around bashing people and trolling <laughs> your players. Jealous. It's just that's petty stuff. This is great. Like, well, it's it's completely envy and jealousy because then yeah, like it's even they even slandered possible presidential day, candidates, like people who could replace him. He got them to go after. Yeah, yeah. But like at the end of the day, you're just losing money. Like what you're you're paying the players still. You're you know all the players. Like, you know I, I guess and only Messi at this point. You're paying Messi still, and you're trolling him. And I don't see what the point of that you're wasting money to troll him, and you now you got to pay his paycheck. So like and it's Messi a lose lose situation. Um, like the most so, expensive yeah. contract in that he wanted out of that in, contract uh, and out of Barca. Worth mm-hmm. million. He wanted like out of that deal and yeah. out of Barca last yeah. offseason because he didn't like what was going on. Yeah, no, and that I, was we thought all like, oh, it was on the pitch and like he because they're to be honest, as a as somebody who follows soccer, like Barcelona, they have no semblance of like what are they? Like you look at them, and you go, what is that roster? Because there's nothing defining on them. Going, oh, yeah. this is how they're gonna play. This is how they're gonna you know go forward. This is their future. You're just kind of looking and going like it's a bunch of pieces. And messy, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And messy. Think about what it's a bunch of or even seven years ago when messy. they had Suarez, Neymar, Messi up front, Xavi in the middle, yeah. Xavi Alonso, Casillas. No, not Casillas. Who is who is oh. the goalie at the time? Oh, I um, can't remember now. You put me on the spot. <laughs> no, it was it was a lot. But anyways, yeah, they had PK back there. Oh man, they were they were basically a quarter of the Spanish national team. It was, but they had an identity. It was, it was pretty. Fun. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they had, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The and, Spanish you know, national team. Every time I played FIFA, it was a Barca. <laughs> That's what their identity was. <laughs> One was Juve all the way. Barca. Juve forever and always. Yeah. No, I FIFA. get that. Any any. Any big name I could find, yeah. Any big name I could find, looking for Garrick Bale. Uh, so you, you, so know, you went for Real Madrid. You didn't need two Madrid. That's the team I'm picking. I don't know anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever FIFA I I was playing, I just looked for the big That's names crazy. and chose that. But I don't really like. I'm not a big fan. Uh, of it. This makes me think. Maybe this is why Barca like it's crumbled. Like players saw what was happening. A couple of years ago and slowly i mean players yeah. talk right so then all of a sudden stars don't want to I go think, there and... i think this is not so much um i think you're right like part part of that probably played a factor but two i think like this was the former president this was the man in charge of the entire club right if this was how he chose to manage his club by doing backdoor deals to then troll his own players and club legends and possible people who could take his job Right, like yeah. I can only imagine the mismanagement that the that club has, and you can see it now, like on the field, like we saw it on the field this past two years, right, where they just look yeah. a mess, and now you're seeing it, you know, yeah, in 
in their finances, in their, their actual business, in the actual like front office side of things, like seeing like, Oh, so that's where this culture, this kind of thing came from, came from top down. I think it all just went downhill the minute. No, no, no that's a different. I don't, don't different, get me wrong. I don't watch soccer, thing. but didn't Suarez? Um, I say this as, as an Italian. Uh, he bit Chiellini in the World Cup. Um, we all saw the teeth marks from the from our televisions. Um, and for the ref not to call it, that's baloney. But yes, Suarez has bit many people, Matt. Um, Suarez also stopped Ghana from going through. In the, yeah, okay. in the South Africa, World Cup. I'll never forget that game. Bro. Oh, God. I was watching. Corner kick game. It's like, yo, header, Tell like about- the net was there. And then Suarez, just the most unsportsmanlike of all things in soccer. I mean, like, I get it. He wanted I, to win. I'm going to be honest. So, I don't like Suarez. <laughs> like, what did he do? Tell us. Tell he, us. Goalkeeper. He used his hands oh, to keep us. the yep. ball That's out of the net. What he did. So he got a red card. Ghana gets a penalty kick. And man, oh, man. This guy hit the crossbar and skied it. And then Uruguay comes back down and scores. Oh. But Mandela, does the ball lie? Damn. <laughs> okay, I I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That I hit you at a little point there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got to bring you back up. I got to bring you back up. I'm sorry. Ooh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ooh. I don't like you, though. I don't like you. Ooh. I'm going to get you back. All right. I got to target on my face. All right. Fair enough. Oh, <laughs> and and on that note, we're gonna end it there. Uh, you know, we're gonna save the jam back. Man, he's oh, gonna get him back next episode. Oh God! Sure <laughs> Corey, B. family you know, guy, like, bringing it back. Brian yeah, has to circle. pay up money to Stewie, so be ready because he's gonna come after you. Oh, I love Family Guy. I love it. I love it. But we'll talk about this again next week. So thank you guys for all tuning in to episode seven. Uh, we really appreciate it. Well, again, thank Landon Cato for coming on and being our special guest. Uh, but to wrap it up, <clears throat> do our signature piece. I'll- <laughs>